Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and as I mentioned last week, this week we're doing the story, well, we're rebooting the story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three lovely little girls. All of them had hair of gold like their mother, and the youngest one, and girls! It's also the story of a man named Brady who was busy with three boys of his own. There were four men living all together, but they were all alone. Until one day when the lady met the fellow, and they knew it was much more than a hunch, that this group must somehow form a family. And that's the way they all became the Brady Bunch. (laughs) Oh, the Brady Bunch. Oh, have you ever seen an episode of the Brady Bunch? Maybe? I'm a bit more familiar with the with the movie yeah everyone has seen the brady bunch but also nobody has ever seen the brady bunch yeah it's brady bunch is one of those uh shows from the 60s 70s where it just like exists in a cultural consciousness but no one ever actually watched it yeah you know like gilligan's island yeah like what are the plots what is going on basically it's it's just life with Derek. okay (laughs) Which, not to, not rebooting Life with Derek, not taking any cues from Life with Derek where we accidentally get people to ship the siblings. Yeah. The fact that Michael Cedar and Casey's actress, whose name I never remembered, the fact that they dated in real life doesn't help. Yeah. What is it with step-siblings in fiction? Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> As I laid out in the theme song, The Brady Bunch was a sitcom about a woman who had three daughters and a man who had three sons, all of which were able to pair up around the same age. They had like an eldest in high school and a young uh, middle child in middle school and a youngest in young school. No, elementary school. <laughs> okay. Um, and they get married. They form a blended family. Also, they have a maid. Who is the maid name? Eleven housekeeper named Alice. Alice, yes. Yeah, which, given the size of the family, might be helpful. Probably. We're not. No. First off, I'm not having a maid. Yeah. I'm not going to have a maid involved, just because families with maids, when you're at that level of class, uh, domestic income, it's hard for me to relate to you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Even if you do have six children, get the children to do the chores. Yeah. Like, it's different if we're talking about, like, early 19th century, anywhere where domestic help is often needed. Yeah. No, this is this is the modern day. The kids are going to do the chores. The kids are going to be told to do the chores so that they know how to actually clean a house when they move out one day. You want to yeah. get them started early. Yeah. And from my comment, I should clarify, like, chores back in the day used to be super physically intensive and you just needed that much help. Yeah. Anyways. Um, the other major change I'm making to the Brady Bunch is that um, the, the lovely lady is not a lady anymore. She's a dude. This, she's a she's a she's a dude. That this this is now the the gay D bunch. <laughs> 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 it is not that, but I guarantee that's what people will be calling it in the reviews coming this fall to ABC. Yes. Other than that, I am going to keep it mostly the same. So, uh, a guy named Carl is taking the place of Carol. And he is in a similar situation to her, theoretically. So in the original Brady Bunch, it was stated that Mr. Brady's, that Mike, was it Mike? 
Let me make sure I have the right names. Yeah, Mike Brady, his original wife had passed away, but they never said what happened to Carol's husband. And the creators wanted her to be divorced, but the network said no. So they left it ambiguous. And then I think in the movies they say that he had like disappeared, presumed dead, and then he came back, except that was an imposter. Because the movies were also kind of parodies of the show, too. Okay. Anyways, in this one, the plot is being kicked off, partly kicked off by the fact that Carl Brit, Not Carl Brady. He's not Carl Brady yet because he's not married <laughs> yet. <laughs> What's the, what is the maiden name? What, what is the pre- previously on name? I... Tyler. So Tyler. Carl Tyler is one of those... Unfortunately, he's one of those late-in-life gays where either he didn't realize or realized and just decided, mm, no, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to deny this so hard. I can stay in the closet long enough to end up with a wife and three children. <laughs> now, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I'll tell you what can go wrong. Depression. Also... Wife finds out that he is gay, <laughs> and she just be- decides to become the worst. Okay. Because if she was decent about it, then we wouldn't be able to have all the kids say, hey, I want dad to keep custody of us. But because they have one parent who says, hey, kids, I know this is going to be a big change, but I'm leaving your mother because I am gay, and it just not isn't going to work out, but I love, I'll love you a bunch. And then they turn to the mom, and she goes, your dad's a terrible person, and he lied to me, and he deceived all of us, and he probably passed the gay genes on to you. And the kids are going to go, I want to live with dad. Yeah. <laughs> so Carl leaves with his three daughters, and he's like, well, I don't know what to do now. Hope you kids like living out of Motel 6 for a little bit, because I got the kids, and she got the house. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. Meanwhile, we have Mike Brady. In this one, Mike Brady is bisexual, so he very easily was... He was happy to have children and a wife with his uh, previous wife, and then previous wife did pass away. It's very sad. Him and his boys yes. are very sad about it. After a brief morning period, he's like, okay, I'm not ready to date. Oh, what's this? I've bumped into an attractive blonde man who also seems to be out of a relationship. Oh no, now my heart is all flutter. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the thing, is that the first season, so I think the show started like immediately after they got married and we're just moving in together. We're moving in together right now. Yeah. We didn't see any of the courtship between Mike and Carol. In this one, we are going to see the courtship. Like it is going to start with... Carl saying that he is leaving. Carol's ex-husband was Roy, so Rachel. It's Rachel. It is, and she's played by Leah Michelle. <laughs> Leah Michelle doesn't realize that we cast her to be a blah blah huge bitch. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> or just someone who looks a lot like Leah Michelle. Yeah. It's Di- Diana Agron in a Leah Michelle wig. Don't do that to Diana Agron. <laughs> <laughs> no, she'd love it. Trust me. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So the plot of the first season, beyond just like sitcom antics, Mm -hmm. would be Carl and Mike starting to get together. And like the kids, because Carl has had to move, his kids end up going to the same school as Mike's kids while their dads are slowly forming a relationship. And so they're like, oh, our dads are dating. This is weird. Should we do something about it? Because I'm sure... That, like, some of the kids are going to be like, I mean, I'm sure it could be cute, but this is way too soon. This is all moving too fast. And some of them are like, I I'm, I want my dad to be happy, but I hate these women. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably the one little boy who's like a he-man woman hater. <laughs> and then I pro- it's probably the middle children who are like, oh, no, we ship it hard. 
<laughs> yeah, the oldest two are like, oh my god, this is so awkward and it's just affecting our social status. I don't want to have to be my dad's wingman. <laughs> and the little kids are still like, yeah, I don't like this. Actually, you know what? No, actually, no, let's let's reverse it. Has to have the little kids really, really want them to get together. But then the okay. middle children are like, I already have to compete with two siblings. I don't want to have to compete with five siblings. Yes. <laughs> so they're the ones who are like scheming to break them up. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, in the background, you have Rachel, who's just being awful and try. Yeah, she she's taking the house. And I feel like the mid-season finale would be when they move in together. Mm-hmm. We're only ten minutes in, and I feel like I'm already exhausting all my ideas, so this is going to be another short episode! Happy Pride! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, the mid-season finale would probably be them moving in together, and that's when we introduce Alice. Alice is not, Alice is not the maid. Alice yes. is Carl's divorce lawyer. Ah, okay. And so she is helping him get out of that bad marriage, and then like the season finale would be Carl and Mike actually getting together. Mm -hmm. I feel like Alice should be a butch lesbian. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Oh, so M <laughs> Mike can introduce Carl. Because another big thing that would be happening is Carl's like, I've, I've known I've been gay for a little bit, but I've interacted with the community zero times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't have any, I don't know anyone. And meanwhile, Mike is out here like, yeah, I, I've been involved with the community the whole time. <laughs> I have seven butch lesbian friends. They've all dated each other in every combination. Oh, here we go. Alice, you're a lawyer. <laughs> probably a better lawyer, lawyer than the previous lawyer if he didn't get the house. Yeah, probably. Oh, what if, what if the previous lawyer was Carl's cousin, Oliver? Yes. <laughs> Just this awful man-child. Yeah. As a reference to the actual cousin, Oliver, who showed up and managed to single-handedly cancel the show. Yep. <laughs> uh, how sleazy of a lawyer should he be or should he just be like the lawyer from the Simpsons the one lawyer dude see I'm not very familiar with the Simpsons but I don't think he would be sleazy I think he would be like milk toast and non-confrontational and very ill prepared I think yeah <laughs> oh here's something I just read Cousin Oliver never appears or is mentioned in any subsequent Brady project past the original TV show, except the ending of a very Brady sequel, where he is introduced only to promptly get run over by a car. Oh, wow! So here's the question. Do you want Carl to fire Oliver, or do we want uh, lawyer Oliver to get run over by a car? Because I feel like doing both would be, like, just cruel. <laughs> What if, what if Carl's about to fire him, and then he gets run over by a car, and then he's like, oh no, I can't do it, he's, this is, I can't fire him now. <laughs> but I can't retain him either. So first he has to hire Alice to help him figure out how to break up with Oliver, and then he hires her as his actual divorce lawyer? Yes. All right, so Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, this is this is the problem with making sitcoms, especially ones that I'm not familiar with beyond just, you know, the concept of it. Yeah. The rest of it yeah. is just sitcom-y things. Yeah, and like the thing about the Brady Bunch, like, it was kind of 
a deal back in the day because this is one of the first like blended families that you ever saw on screen and it other than that it was just a regular family sitcom like i was just thinking of what are we going to do with the kids what are their subplots going to be mm-hmm well, just going, the reason I wanted to make it gay was because I feel like that's the only way you could justify it being anything, you know, to make a Different. hubbub about these days. Yeah. Like, every, everyone is getting married multiple times today. Mm-hmm. Just this very day. Yeah. Okay, so the children were star-studded athlete Greg, popular and beautiful Marsha, slightly clumsy Peter, insecure Jan, everyone knows Jan. Yeah. Uh, sure, Jan. Daydreaming Bobby and the snooping Cindy. There was also a dog. There are also two dogs. No, there was a dog and a cat. The cat disappeared after the pilot episode. Oh my god, Rachel got the cat and the divorce. No, not the cat. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, if- no, no! She's gotta turn around in like a in a chair like freaking Blofeld with the cat in her lap. <laughs> so that's the thing is that I do feel like this series would be a lot more tongue-in-cheek like just following in the steps of the films. <laughs> yes, we know this is very goofy. <laughs> so, so what if this does take place like somewhere in the south? And after, like, Carl leaves Rachel, he goes to the country bar and starts singing the sad song, sad country songs, like, oh, she got the cat in the divorce. <laughs> we could totally set this in Austin. Yes. <laughs> yes. Austin's a weird city, too. It's a fun city. Well, yes, yeah, so we're, uh, we're gonna make Austin weird using the Brady Bunch. <laughs> don't trust us, it's gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then we got, we got to get all the kids involved in. Each of them has to be involved in a different weird subculture. <laughs> we got to make one a goth. I feel like Jan's the most likely to do that. Ja- yeah, Jan is the goth. Or uh, I feel like Jan would be the girl who like she kind of cycles through identities and then she lands mm. on goth like maybe partly through the yeah. first season. But like, yeah, it's very much that it's not a phase, Dad. And then eventually, like, oh, it isn't a phase actually. <laughs> Yeah, so let's say she starts off fairly nerdy and then, like, a pretty milquetoast nerdy and then she goes through all the various things because how many goths are also nerds? Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do that. Um, Greg, do we want to keep him the athlete? Yeah, it makes sense for him to stay the athlete. Like, they okay. should all fall in- within the vicinity of the originals. Okay. So Greg's the athlete. How about we make Marsha, I guess, more of the go-getter, high-achiever type? Where she's yeah. like, she's in clubs, she's a cheerleader, she does this, that, the other thing, she's, she's popular. She's very type A. Oh, okay, so so if the Brady girls, they all have to move, and that's how they end up in the same district as the Brady girls. or the, If the Tyler girls all have to move, and that's how they end up in the same school district as the Brady boys, then yes. one of the big things is going to be like, Marsha was the president of 17 different clubs and now she has to start from scratch yes and so like the one of the major b plots would just be like her rise to power (laughs) (laughs) oh she has her own like bring it on subplot (laughs) exactly that she she very easily could have like this a similar thing to uh, Eliza Dushu's character where she shows up your school has no gymnastics team this is my last resort hey Yes! 
And then the littlest one, Cindy. Um, maybe she's a Nancy Drew in the making. Yes, because she was a Snoop. So yes, <laughs> she she ropes. She gets there and she immediately ropes um Bobby into her schemes. Yes, she's like you're going to be the Watson to my Sherlock, and he's like we're eight. <laughs> Bobby and Cindy, kid detectives. Exactly. And- <laughs> and then there's Peter. Oh, Peter, what are we to do with you? Maybe he's the gay child, too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Carl passed the gay gene on to me. Mike pulls him aside. Okay, I'm going to go teach him about biology and genetics again. <laughs> Peter, Carl isn't your dad. But you said it was my dad. No, listen. Okay, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> that much of an airhead, I guess. <laughs> Just wide-eyed and innocent and has no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh, God. Greg is the jock, but Peter's the himbo. Yeah! Well, well, no, he starts in middle school, but he will he will grow into a himbo. And uh, yeah. b- by the time we get to season six. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's cute. He's sweet. There's not a lot going on <laughs> in that head. Those two brain cells are doing a lot of work. <laughs> and then I guess how how zany are the X Five schemes gonna be? Mm, they have to be pretty zany so that they don't like hit close to home for mm. actual bad homophobia. It has to be like a cartoon <laughs> cartoon violence, not cartoon <laughs> violence, but cartoonishly evil. <laughs> Like, yes, yes, she's a bigger, but more importantly, she's a comic book supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> so sort of in the territory of Sue Sylvester? Yeah, probably. Who is also a bigot and also a cartoon supervillain. <laughs> the other image in my mind of this ex-wife is of, remember that music video for Genghis Khan? And at the end, yes. the, the villain's wife turns into the villain? <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that like her leap motif is that whenever she's got schemes Genghis Khan plays in the background yes <laughs> and as I said she has to turn around in a chair with a white cat like Ernest Blofeld <laughs> no Mr. Brady I expect you to die <laughs> also in other gay things I totally believe that uh, James Bond should be bisexual Yes. He, they've, they implied it. They went wink-wink in Skyfall. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, what are some actual ex-wife schemes? Oh, show up at the parent-teacher conference. Yep. Even though she no longer has custody of the kids. Mm-hmm. She tries to take over the PTA. Yeah, see, I don't want her to ever try and get custody of the kids away from Carl, because that's a little dark. Yeah. Like, and just, again, further cement how she's awful is at no point does she ever fight for custody of the kids, and, like, almost, she she puts the kids in her sco- sights as much as Carl, because they chose him over her. At mm-hmm. some point, Carl has to say, you know what, even if I wasn't gay, I probably would have left her at some point, because she's a nightmare. Yeah. She could try and out him to his parents, and normally this would be horribly traumatic. However, yeah. she could do it without realizing that he already came out to his parents, and they're fine with it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, she's doing this whole scheme to like, and hinting at things when she like runs into his parents at the supermarket and it's completely going over their heads because first off they're like, they're just kind of like daughtery old people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're just so full of love and not much else. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and also she's like she dramatically shows up at a family dinner like your son is a homosexual and they're like my goodness you're gay and you're dating a man we had no idea and then they both turn directly to Mike who was also at the family dinner <laughs> yeah it could just be like they always knew their son was gay but he just went down this path with his bitch and they're like fine whatever I I don't know always know necessarily but like it's one of those things where they hear and like oh so many things make sense now yes <laughs> you 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 went to a lot of extra wrestling practices <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, no, I, that didn't have to do with me being gay. I just heard a lot of stories about Grandpa wrestling when he was in the Navy. Okay, yes, but... <laughs> a lot of things are making sense about my father now, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gay if underway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see... So while Bobby and Cindy are scheming to get them together, Jan and Peter are scheming to get them apart, except (laughs) Peter, much like Bobby, Peter doesn't quite know what's going on. Yes. See, I don't, I don't want all the boys to be missing a brain cell. Yeah. So. So, so so maybe, so Peter definitely is the one who's very ignorant. Bobby can be like just as smart as Cindy. He's just the one who thinks they're maybe overstepping boundaries when they like try and set up these elaborate schemes to get their parents together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe Peter isn't book smart, but he's like a Steve Harrington. Yeah, that actually, that works a lot better. Yeah. Right down to the hair. Give At least one yes. of them has to have the 70s hair. Yes. Full on hairspray too. And moose, you get to see the morning routine. It's rather elaborate. Mm-hmm. I do. Th- I feel like at some point, J- I see. I feel like it would have to be Jan and Peter doing it that they do something where it's like they make Carl think that Mike is being unfaithful, and they be like they rely on biphobia, and like that's like this is a very special episode on on biphobia, and this is when mm-hmm. the parents like pull the all the children aside, not just Jan and Peter. Like, hey, we're we know that you guys all have hangups about the two of us getting together. So we're going to talk them out right now because like, we're not going to let you cause actual harm with your schemes. They're funny before now things are getting serious. So we're yeah. going to, we're going to chat as F as a family because we want to make this one family. Mm-hmm. Oh, just for, for diversity reasons, because I, I don't want this to be a whole cast full of white people. Um, maybe the Brady's should be black. Yeah. And then maybe also we can have Cindy and maybe one of the Brady boys too, but I think Cindy should be adopted. And we can even say it was like, we can say that, oh yeah, for some reason, uh, Carl just wasn't willing to the sleep with Rachel for a while. And so when they wanted a third child, they just adopted. Yep. That, that would work. Whoever wrote the Wikipedia article for the characters spelled DJ really weird. Uh, apparently Cindy becomes a DJ, a radio DJ. When she's uh-huh. older. Okay. Ooh. Okay, so then the way we translate our Cindy into that is she becomes a true crime podcaster. Yes! <laughs> she's reading Nancy Drew, but she's also reading um, 
Michelle McNamara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like 12 and is already red in cold blood. Yep. <laughs> Maybe they do get a get a cat at some point and that can be the Elvis. <laughs> well, cuz cuz they have the dog too. Yeah. Tiger. Mind you, it's a dog named Tiger, so what if it is just a cat named Tiger? Or how about we keep it a dog named Tiger? What if it was a fox? <laughs> oh, Peter no, brought a I fox know the perfect home. breed. I know the perfect breed. Uh, wired-haired fox terrier. Okay. Yeah, they're they're like a terrier, so they're nice and active. They're easy to train. Uh, they're super cute. And they're really smart. Oh, I know these guys. They're all made out of rectangles. Yeah. <laughs> it's also the same breed as Snowy, a.k.a. Milu, from Tintin. Oh, nice. And that's why Cindy ends up with one. Yes. Just oh, have one episode, like, a cold open. It's like, where's Cindy? Oh, she's in her room. Uh, she found a bunch of Tintin comics at the library, and she's reading through them. And then, like, you hear glass shatter and, like, see a comic fly out her window. Oh, that must be Tintin in the Congo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trust me, the other books are really good. <laughs> We're very fortunate that this guy only did a racism once. Yeah, that he later disowned too. <laughs> yes, you'd love to see it. <laughs> so I'm looking in the other characters, and apparently there's a notable friend of the family named Sam Franklin, who's the butcher. Okay. I almost want, I almost want him to be the lawyer. Him to be the butch lesbian lawyer. Now, I'm not sure what we would do with Alice after that, but part-time lawyer, part-time butcher. Well, here's the thing. Does, uh, did Carol ever have a job? It's not listed, I don't think. So how about Carl and Sam are business partners? They run a butcher shop. They run like one of those boutique hipster Butcher shops. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So so Sam is butcher friend. Alice is butch lawyer. And then they get together. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I almost feel like Sam should be trans. Yes. Um, I'm also... Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I know I said that Oliver should be the lawyer who gets run over by the car, but I was thinking it might actually be a nice plot. And I'm surprised they never did this in the show proper. Actually, no, I know exactly why they didn't do it in the show proper. Um, they never had Carol and Mike have a kid together. And yeah. the reason was probably because Mike's actor like didn't like being involved on the show. I don't know why he was on to begin with, but he hated being on a silly show. So Probably it just saw it as a paycheck. Yeah. Apparently he was nice to the kids on set, but yeah, he, he basically they were going to kill him off if they hadn't been cancelled. Okay. Um, but yeah, so what if instead of Oliver being the lawyer, like, um, Carl and Mike do adopt a seventh child, and that's, <laughs> that's baby Oliver. <laughs> okay. Uh, at this point, you're going to get TLC knocking on the door being like, can we make a show about you? <laughs> it's only, it's only seven children. How much could it cost, Michael? Ten dollars? <laughs> and then someone is like... We have two gay dads. It will cause so much drama. Exactly. It's a dramedy. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a bit too far. Or that's a season four plot. Yeah. I'm tr I'm, let me think. Because with Modern Family, they had Joe 
in season four or five, I think. And that came like right after they had a plot about potentially having, um, now what are the names? Cam and Mitchell adopting another child. And in the end they didn't, but then Gloria was pregnant. And so then like through that season was her pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And then Joe was like a main character by the last few seasons. Yeah. But no, yeah, like I'm not saying season two, time for child number seven, but it's definitely something that like we could have. And then because people, people who are like looking at the deep Brady lore, <laughs> like, ooh, is Cousin Oliver going to show up? Well, how about Baby Oliver? Or, ooh, or Baby Olivia. Oh, yeah. Because then we can still have Cousin Oliver get hit by a truck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, we can also, we can change it, it from being cousin oliver tyler to rachel's cousin oliver and that's another reason why he's a terrible lawyer because he has is <laughs> in nepotism but for the wrong side yes the other reason why rachel didn't get the kids oh what if what if rachel's the one who hits him with the truck but that one's by accident <laughs> Yeah, because if it's on purpose, it's a bit too villainous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, she can be like, as, as long as you're stuck with my cousin Oliver as your lawyer, you're never going to get anything you want. And then backs up and you just hear, ah! You hear a Wilhelm <laughs> scream. And she yes! looks like, oh, oh no, my plan has failed. <laughs> and then you pan over to Carl and Mike and they're like, don't know whether to laugh or be horrified by this man who just got backed over by a truck. <laughs> mm. so, also, if, if we went with Olivia Brady and then we wanted to quote-unquote preserve gender balance, we could have one of the girls realize not girl, none gender. Jan. It is Jan. Yeah. <laughs> Goes to the whole Pokemon evolution. Nerd, goth, non-binary. Yes. <laughs> As nature intended it. Everything is now in balance. <laughs> have definitely have um um Marshall would definitely be a mean girl for the first little while and i i guarantee at some point she'd be like oh what's jan gonna do now like as a desperate bid for attention and then jan just like walks past with her head completely shaven <laughs> yes <laughs> and marcia's got to be left kind of speechless because she's like I, she would do a lot for her attention didn't count on that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, as much as I like the 2017 version of Kimberly, you know, chopping off a whole bunch of her hair in the bathroom, it's still not as dramatic as going the full G.I. Jane. Exactly. Shock mm. me, shock me, shock me, we're Chanel Rebellion with your deviant behavior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think with Marsha, she should chill a bit on the Mean Girl by the, by the end, but still be very type A, just. Yeah. Yeah, maybe evolve into a bit more of an Elle Woods. Yeah, I think that's definitely the character path she'd need to go down. Um, also, because I'm thinking, and this can kind of go hand in hand, that Rachel, I don't, I don't think she should continue to be the villain past the first season. 
Yeah. But that does mean that we need another, like, antagonistic force after that. And it could be, like, the school being bad in a, in a queer way. Yeah. Shocking. In Texas? Who can thought? Oh, yeah. Um, and just definitely have, like, Marsha, I, I am pivoting on my meanness from my sib- all my siblings. I now have five siblings to be mean to, but I'm going to pivot <laughs> from that to the school board. Because <laughs> I can make a career out of this. Mm-hmm. Ah, future lawyer Marsha Brady. <laughs> Clara Sawyer, future lawyer. <laughs> oh, okay, so then Marsha can get an internship with Alice. Yes! Yes, I am totally down for that. So, while that's going on, maybe with Greg, it's probably, like, locker room stuff and dealing with toxic masculinity. Oh, definitely. There's definitely stuff like, your dad's gay. And he's like, yeah, and he taught me how to lift weights and Muay Thai. Papow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, no, I feel, I feel like Greg would end up going through a quote-unquote delinquent phase, but it's more just he's sick of putting up with, like, all the bullshit. And so he ends up, he, he quits all the sports teams that he's on. Mm-hmm. He and he like join not not a gang. He's not going to join a gang, but he's going to join the T Birds. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to find a group of people. He's going to find the stairwell kids. Yes, we all know them. Yes, I was one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't we used to take up like an entire section of a hall? Was that us though? Because if I remember correctly. We were mostly, like, at the lunch table. Because when I think of my stairwell kids, I'm thinking when I lived in Calgary. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I was part of that group. You weren't quite part of them. Yeah. Because yeah. I know when, when our kind of friendship circle formed, it was you and me and that guy and that other guy and some mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Just name call my former friends who were like, mm, I don't actually want to bring you up on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I think I was kind of the connective tissue. Yeah, pretty much. And then after that, like we I think we actually like lost touch for the first year of university, and then we only came back together because we took the same bus home. Yeah. And then we just we started planning our university schedule together. It's like, now, how do we schedule these classes so that uh, we, we both have to wake up at 5 a.m. for a 7 a.m. class where at least we can bust together and I can drive you there through the Saskatchewan blizzard? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do put some blame onto the first year of Anime Club that we experienced because various reasons led to an all-day, once-a-week Anime Club. Which we only went to once. Yeah. And we both realized that was a mistake. They all realized that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> also, it didn't help that I was like, Lindsay, I have a cutting scheme. We're going to take a shortcut bus home and ended up on the opposite side of the city. Yes. Right right in time for the bus service to end. Mm-hmm. Because we couldn't, whatever reason, we didn't actually, you know, pay attention to which buses go where. Yeah. I thought, oh, this bus has to loop all the way through downtown, but this one's going to go straight north where we have to go. But no, we got on the one that was going straight east. <laughs> and yes. then And then we get to, like, the, the furthest east point, and the bus driver says, okay, I'm in the line, you gotta get off. I'm like, but aren't you going to cycle back? Like, no, it's Sunday. Yeah. So we hide in the shadow of Chuck E. Cheese waiting for your mom to pick us up. 
I thought we were over at the Costco. Oh, that's right. We were at the Costco. Yeah. The Chuck E. Cheese was in the parking lot, but we were over at the Costco. Yes. Neither of which we could have would have been able to get into because we didn't have Costco memberships. Yeah. Not even a churro. Nope. Oh, what if what if we would like bust? What if we're like, hey, when you go come out, can you bring us a churro? <laughs> <laughs> Just fun. We'll split it. <laughs> anyway, I feel like I feel like Peter should probably be in like his school's equivalent of the anime club. Yeah, but he's also going to be the theater kid. Yeah, he's going to be the theater kid. I think he's that blend of nerd where he is playing Magic the Gathering and going to anime club, but he's also doing theater. Mm-hmm. We have to have a Magic the Gathering episode and, you know, probably pay the proper royalties or create our own game. Yeah, the Mystic Warriors of Ka'a. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's harder to do a serial numbers filed off of Magic the Gathering. I think it's easier to do serial numbers filed off of D&D. Or yeah. you can just have him play a different role-playing game. That's true. Or just uh, like non-name branding LARP. Yeah. Or if we really want to uh, pay someone, I think it would just be funnier if we paid Nintendo and got the, the Pokemon card game. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No, pay Bandai Namco and get the Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes! It almost feels more niche. Yes! Do you think he'd cosplay? He'd absolutely cosplay. Yeah. Not only that, he convinced the whole family to do a, like a group cosplay for something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this year for Halloween, we're all going as the Tangled Family Tree of <laughs> Hank Pym. Oh, God. <laughs> no, if we're going to pay Bandai Namco for Yu-Gi-Oh, how about we also get him into Gunpla? Yes. <laughs> For Halloween, he does dress up as Char Osnabal. <laughs> oh, so what if he, he's like, he spends all his time in his room. He never has any money. His eyes are completely bloodshot. They're like, oh no, Peter, do you have a drug problem? Like, no, it's worse than drugs. It's plastic. And he opens his room for the first time. And it's just all <laughs> the Gundam figures. It's all Gundam figures and it smells like paint. <laughs> They, well, I mean, they can smell the paint on and be like, oh no, he's huffing paint. Like, no, he's no. huffing anime. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> anime, the, the addiction that makes drugs look cheap. Yeah. Uh. Um, so Peter's the theater kid. Greg is <laughs> the, the jock slash delinquent. Yeah. Um, Marsha is the law student in the making. Mm-hmm. Janet is non-binary goth, which was also almost a theater kid. She'd be a they would be a techie. Yes. Um Cindy like she she would be an English major technically, but like yeah. that's going just she's gonna use that to pivot into radio broadcasting. Yeah, easily. And so then Bobby can be STEM boy. Yes. He's the one with all the Legos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he watches so much BattleBots. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's important to have girls in STEM, and we can make make it a point that, like, Cindy is good at STEM, it's just not where her passion is, but she can, like, do it in a pinch. Yeah. And you don't... 
people don't seem to realize that a lot of radio broadcasting is stem stuff. Exactly. Ooh, what if Cindy had like a pirate radio? Yes. <laughs> and then Bobby does something that weaponizes the Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> a first season episode where Bobby rep- yeah, uses the Roomba to slash Rachel's tires. Yes! <laughs> Like, all right, Stabby the Roomba, charge! And then Ryo the Valkyrie plays as it's, like, whizzing along, and then we cut back, and it's just, like, going normal Roomba speed. Yes. Oh, I love this. Okay, I think, hey, we managed to get 50 minutes out of this. I think that's a good... Uh, Can you think of anything else? Uh, Baby Olivia is just going to be cute. Yes. Do cute baby things. (laughs) Ain't I a stinker? (laughs) What if if Baby Olivia is just baby from dinosaurs? Not the mama! And Carl looks to Mike and Mike's like, I mean, she's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, she's going to get a lot more character when she hits her toddler years. Yeah, because that's when she can speak. Yes. (laughs) That's we get we get to hire more child actors. And hey, toddlers are natural comedians. This is also true. Mm hmm. Especially when it comes to physical comedy. Have you seen? Have you ever seen that video? It's just a montage of parents uh, pulling their babies and their toddlers' masks down whenever they do. The kid just has their tongue sticking all the way out. <laughs> no, but I totally believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, you know the baby vacant stare. It's like they're doing that, and then they pull the mask down. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's I think that's everything. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, in that case, I'm gonna um, get um, I'm gonna get some kind of friendship promo from uh, George Glass. Sure, Jan. All right. One, two, three, clap. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Sam. Allow me to introduce you to Pod Against the Machine, your new favorite podcast and possibly your new favorite thing in the entire world. We're a Pathfinder first edition actual play podcast running through the Iron Gods adventure path from Paizo Publishing. Here's a sneak peek of some of the shenanigans you can expect. And none of these kidnappings. There have been no ransom calls or, you know, by calls I of course mean somebody going out on the street being like, hey, ransom. This telephone's haven't been invented yet. A uh, ransom crier. So, what I'm understanding from this is that Roll20 has a token for a stack of porn on a table. But my trust in you as a DM and a person rapidly withering. As we're checking for this, there's actually someone dragging a completely different body <laughs> off in the other direction in the back. Oh! Are you using the Dragon Corridor right now? I thought I had a 7 o'clock, but I can push it back. So join me and the rest of the crew as their characters die horribly, and I laugh and laugh. 
January 2021 wherever podcasts are sold or, you know, free. All right, Lindsay, where can you people find you on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and they're pronounced Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You can also find us at NotIfIRebootYouFirst at gmail.com, where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your tales of being a middle child. That's also where you can send us a friendship promo, be an audio clip or proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube, even your DeviantArt. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about this show or others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional home of the Cree, Sotol, Assiniboine, and Métis. And last but not least, don't forget that you can buy this episode for yourself. That's right, it's not an NFT. It is just your name on a spreadsheet. But for a minimum $5 donation to the North Central Family Center, with link in the description, we will uh, declare that you are the proud owner of this podcast episode, or any other episode you so desire. So, Tanner. So, Lindsay. I don't know what that was. Would you consider uh, Catwoman a buy icon? Yes. All right, so we're going to do a Catwoman movie. <laughs> All right. We will be talking about that Meowth's time. <laughs> Meowth's time. <laughs> you know, it's like Meow. But not if we reboot you Meow. <laughs> <laughs> meow.